Y'all know somebody that's always stayed in their lane? Beyonce. Beyonce don't talk to us. She don't argue with us. And she definitely not going back and forth with us. She just do the work and come out with raw shit. Now, I, I personally can't be that low-key. But what I can do is talk my shit and say that women deserve to take up space with their light, their voice, and especially their work. So this is for Beyonce. Thank you for being a blueprint and teaching us how to shut the fuck up and to show up. Sometimes I wonder why I'm just so blessed. No bite, no bite. Like God really just spawned blessed me. It's not fair to you hoes. Nigga, what the fuck do I look like a walk in the park, bitch? You gotta pay for this. Take your fucking drawers off, nigga. No bite, no bite. Welcome back to the Diamonds Dosage Podcast. It's your girl, Diamond. And I'm super excited to be sitting here with one of my favorite... I actually really admire you and your brand. One of my favorite people, Sal. Um, she's a wardrobe stylist, and she is the creator of The Look Authority. So I will, I want you to introduce yourself a little bit more. Oh, well, hi. Thank you for having me. Yes, ma'am. Um, I'm Sal, socially known as Sal So Groovy. Like you said, I'm a wardrobe artist, creative producer, strategist, and founder of the Look Authority, which is, number one, my business. Mm -hmm. It's where I do wardrobe design and content work. And it's also a space I made so that more black and brown women can get on set opportunities and be in uh, the fashion industry, yeah. the production industry. Absolutely. And I'm so glad you said that because that's kind of what we're talking about today, just women creating their own spaces, being... Um, a force within themselves and doing what they want to do, visualizing their career, things like that, and the journey through those careers. When we start to speak about like the things that we've been through in our careers and like how being visible and seen and reaching out and exposure and all of those things, I think is very helpful to the people that are just now starting, um, you know, into those fields. So, what do you feel like has been like some risks you've taken with um, your brand? Well, before I even registered look authority as a business i have been styling for about four or five years mm -hmm. and honestly the biggest risk i took i think was doing it um like i said i'm from memphis tennessee and i didn't even know that being a fashion stylist was a career before mm -hmm. i moved here i just knew i wanted to work in fashion i was like i'm not going to regular college like, <laughs> right I'm not you doing always been that. like yeah like even though i did pretty well in high school whatever um i just always knew that fashion was my passion mm -hmm. not to be corny um <laughs> but yeah I just think the biggest risk was deciding that I was going to go to art school and move away from my family um right. I'm basically my only person here my cousin lives here but we're not really close so mm -hmm. you know that was the biggest risk is deciding that that is what I was going to do and being kind of stubborn about the decision yes when I learned that you wasn't from Chicago I was like oh <laughs> she took a risk and I feel like that's so funny because I don't know the opportunities like Memphis has for creatives, but I don't know if that's like a, a dominated space in Memphis, but I wouldn't think that Chicago would be like a space for that either. But I feel like you're making it work. Like if we go to LA and Atlanta, like they have these different resources for creatives, but that they don't necessarily have in Chicago. How do you feel like Chicago has shifted that for you or does it make sense? If it does make sense, I believe, I agree with what you're saying. Chicago does not have a lot of, uh, I want to say the economy. Okay. I don't want to say resources. Yeah. I don't think they have the economy to fuel creativity. Mm -hmm. 
um, when I first started styling, I didn't have money. <laughs> That's everybody when they first start on the creative scene. And, and you really need money. Like, you need to have a good credit score and you need money to yes, be a stylist. Yes, people don't tell you those things. People don't tell you. And um, when I first started, I was like, okay, what's in front of me? And I've always been a thrifter. Like, thrifting, vintage stores was mm -hmm. always my thing. So, for me, I just connected with a lot of vintage designers and boutiques Is that somewhat like what how you style people as well? Along with yeah. mixing with their personal style? And... A little bit, a little bit, but I think starting at vintage stores was how I carved my own identity. Okay. Um, and I think that's how you can always know that I styled something. But just going back to your question, I think being in Chicago allowed me to tap into that creativity because I knew that I couldn't get stuff from New York or L.A. Right, or Atlanta right. at the time. Oh, that's interesting that you put it that way, that Chicago does not have the economy for it. I've always just looked at it like all the Chicago people that are made stars or like they're like... Uh, prominent people, they always leave and like they never come back to Chicago. <laughs> well, they love Chicago. Like I think about Kanye West and things like that. I was just watching his documentary um, again last night because I was really inspired by it. Like that man, you couldn't tell him who he wasn't going to be. You couldn't tell him shit about himself and he was going to prevail, period. But he had to leave Chicago in order to make those connections, in order to experience those things. How do you feel like connections and like networking plays a huge part in like cultivating a business and a career and like longevity? Uh, well, you can't get anywhere in life if you don't know people. And um, <laughs> I think, you know, in reference to Kanye West, the world was smaller when he was coming up. That's true. Our world is a bit bigger. Like we have because Instagram. of social media. Yeah, we have Instagram. We have Twitter. We have all these. We have email. Like we have all these different ways to connect with people. Um, I forgot the question. It's okay. <laughs> creating a um a network and like moving and and taking those risks to move and create a network network and meeting those people. Oh yes. Oh yes. So network is important, but I think it's more important to have a community. And that is something that Chicago has a lot of. We have a lot of beautiful community, like your people mm -hmm. who, you know, align with your vision and can help you create the things that you want to do. And um, you can also help them. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, you cannot get anywhere without networking. But it has to be genuine. Like you a and your friends, y'all give me life. Like oh, on thank social you. media, all for all of y'all. Y'all just like, this is just amazing. Yeah. It's so beautiful to see y'all. It's very genuine. And I think like I think that's what matters at the end of the day. And don't get me wrong, I've had people that just wanted to hang out with me just because they thought I was this or they thought I was that. And I was just like, I mean, you can always sense through those vibes, but creating that genuine space of people who can actually support you and like help your journey I, I really think that's super 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 important um how, where at what point do you feel like people need to stop paying people in exposure once the person is good <laughs> <laughs> and this may make me sound a little jaded but like if you aren't good you probably shouldn't be charging people but what people don't be knowing like people don't be knowing they're not good at something like where are y'all friends at that goes back to what you just said about networking at, right. and, genuine, and genuine community. Because you do need to have people in your corner to let you know when you can get better. For example, I have a friend. Her name is Isis. When mm -hmm. I first started styling, I was in college. And we would just talk and bounce ideas off, create, like creative ideas off all the time. Mm -hmm. And she will give me very honest feedback about my work. 
you know, she was saying like, oh, it's too much to how you dress normally. Really? You know what I mean? And she were, would give were me you, that did, feedback. Like, were you, did you feel attacked? Because I feel like people don't know how to take feedback about themselves. And it can I, come off I as mean, like. It's an ego bruise. I, I didn't want to fight her because I know <laughs> like she has my best interest in heart. But now like my styling is nothing how I dress. It's right. two completely different things. And that challenged me to be better. Oh, that's interesting. So how do you separate like how you dress from when you style other people? Like, how do you mix those two components? Well, uh, I think for me, how can I say this? So as far as, like, my style, like, I'm a pretty classic person. Like, I like T-shirts. I like button downs. I like jeans, you know. Mm -hmm. And I describe my style as, like, classic with a southern gothic twist. Now, I'm not feminine. <laughs> right. I'm not feminine, like, in the in the traditional sense. And I'm also, like, not super masculine in the mm. traditional sense either. But, like, when I'm dressing someone else, I try to, like, step into their world but with my viewpoint. So I'm look, I'm coming at everything with a southern perspective, okay. which means it's probably going to be a little colorful. It's going to be a little texture, and it's probably going to have patterns. Yes. And That's how Beyonce used to dress. Right. And well, well, <laughs> Okay, I'm sorry. Don't be half. Don't kill me. <laughs> I was like, I love, I'm a big member of the beehive. But not oh. Texas. I don't know. It's a little country in Texas. But um, Erica Badu. Okay. You I know? can see that for you. Yeah. Yeah. So it was more of like an Erica Badu or Andre 3000, that type of vibe. That Is that who like influenced you highly as well? I would say so. Growing up, Andre 3000, Erica Badu, Raven Simone. Raven uh, Simone? Let's talk about that one. <laughs> I love that. So Raven. It's because she was cre creating her own fashion pieces. Yes. And she looked cute. She had she on my Blonics in on the show. Like, what? I wouldn't know nothing like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, very inspired by Raven Simone, very inspired by Tracy Ellis Ross, all those type of people. Um, but yeah, just going back, I just try to take the elements that I like and impart them onto someone else mm -hmm. but it's always like it's always about the client it's not really right, about me right so like taking myself out of it makes it easier to fulfill the task honestly i feel like i wouldn't be able to like remove my because first of all that's not my thing to style people but mm -hmm. i wouldn't be able to remove who i am from like seeing like seeing it on them so that's definitely takes skill and like high level work um what do you feel like has been like some of like the hardest things in your career not necessarily risk but like some things that you had to get over and like get out of because i know you spoke about comparison earlier how has like comparison been to your journey <laughs> comparison i mean has played me since i was a kid like i've always struggled with comparing myself to other people whether it's like just it's and then always, you just gotta accept the fact yeah, that you're different right exactly and i've always been my little weird quirky self and i think that's been hard for me to accept but as I get older and I accept myself comparisons lessen mm -hmm. um you know self-doubt you know how it is it's like oh my gosh should I go get a regular job no like, seriously what should I do which I always kept a job on the back burner until yes. I didn't need it anymore because I'm a Capricorn I'm never gonna be I broke. always kept me a job too like <laughs> okay something got to fund this business right so definitely a lot of self-doubt um and I would just say fear of investing in myself mm -hmm. I would be like, oh, I need this money for X, Y, and Z, but it's like I have a job, but I don't want to spend it on the job, but I needed to do the job better. 
So just like kind of letting go of that scarcity mindset as well. Um, But yeah, get off of Instagram. Ain't nobody you. You're nobody. Like nobody knows what you're going through and how you got there. And that's what I have to tell myself. Like sometimes, like I'd be like, I do that better. (laughs) Sometimes you do got to pat your own cat or toot your own horn. But not not in comparison to anyone else. Right. Just like standing in the mirror. Being confident in your your own shit. Exactly. Sometimes you got to do that because comparison will steal your joy you will feel like you're not on shit like people out here winning but it's just looking at social media like you just everything is like a microwave i feel like this is a microwave generation i don't know but like wanting things at convenience and i remember when i had first started like blogging like being in the industry or whatever i'm like why am i not here yet or why am i not doing this or that or this or that and it's just like it's my time and like we have to trust our timing and in that process and that's the scary part, just trusting trusting the journey. Yeah, and like being real with yourself. It's like, bro, like if I would have had what I had now at 23, I would have mismanaged. Fumbled it, exactly. I would have mismanaged it because I was just like not mentally there. But like I'm so like in the mode of accepting myself yes. and like in this space where I'm just like, cool like I work out like I don't care because you've done the foundational yeah. work right you've done the foundational yeah. work and it's like the only way you can go is up from here now because you literally done the work already mm-hmm. yes so what is like one of your favorite projects you've worked on can I don't talk, hurt nobody can, feelings. I, I like, can, I talk, can I talk about two yeah go ahead just because they're different worlds um so anytime I work with Jamila I have a great time and I'll say who is Jamila oh so Jamila Woods is a singer, songwriter, just an amazing. I'm like, my cheeks are from here to here under this mask. Y'all I wish we could see. Yeah, <laughs> I wish y'all could see. I wish y'all could see. But um, I love Jamila so much. Um, I feel very human when I get the opportunity mm, to work that. with her, and I feel like she sees me as a person and an artist, and not just this person who's performing a service for mm-hmm. her. So anytime that I've been in her presence, it's always just been wonderful. And on the other side, what's her style like? What? How do you style her? Um, I come at her with like a space age, like Afrofuturistic, um, feminine twist, okay. but with like tomboy boy influences. So I always say like we always kind of gravitate toward a cropped or a fitted bodice, but like a more loose bottom. Mm-hmm. And then our jewelry is always like silver and dainty, um, like. Yeah, but like with just like a little futuristic twist, just okay. like whether it's the material or the shape or something like that. But um, yeah, I I just go very like Afrofuturistic with her, mm-hmm. um, but not too like over patterned or anything. It's just like this vibe that that we have together. So love her. Um, and then on the other side, I like on the commercial side, which is a little more. What's the word I want to use? Sterile. <laughs> um, I really enjoyed working on this project with GQ, Pitchfork, and White Claw. Oh, my God. Like, You've done year. big things, girl. Who am I sitting next to, child? You got to look at my <laughs> website. <laughs> You've done big things. Yeah, so I got to work on that project, and it was like a family affair. Nolis Anderson, who's an amazing photographer, was the subject that day. Um, Nick and Ray from Party Noir, mm-hmm. and then Nambi was the other subject. And the director, Ariel Fish, was just such a great person to work for. She had a very distinct vision mm. that was very clear to fulfill, which is always amazing. Like, mm-hmm. the deliverable, it was wonderful. The client was great, which is Condé Nast. Um, GQ loved it. 
it was just an amazing project and I had everything I needed. I had as much money I needed. I had as much time I as I needed. That. I just had everything I needed for that project. So it. how do you make, like, for the people that's listening, like, what's your advice on, like, making those connections or even reaching that point where you're working with GQ? Oh, get that job. Um, I think know what you want to do and do it, mm -hmm. right? Um, so like I said, even though I didn't know that styling was a job until I moved here. Once I decided that it was my thing, it was my thing. And mm -hmm. I get obsessive about stuff. Um, so I started styling. I was a junior in college. Or no, like a sophomore headed into junior year. And that's all I talked about. When I went Did you go out, to college down south? I went to Columbia. Oh, okay. That's why I came here. Oh, yes. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know. We connected all that. <laughs> yes. But yeah, I came here to go to Columbia. And then I started styling like at the end of 2015 but yeah 2016 17 i would just be out here like i'm a stylist let me style you. right and you gotta I'm, put yourself out there yeah i'm dming people i have I, there's a dm from jamila when she first released holy that mm -hmm. i dm'd her and i was like hey i would love to dress you i don't even know if she has it but i do Wow. and that was from like 2016 I and have, those are like little manifestations yeah which is like i got chills now just thinking about it because i just didn't realize it until just now but i put myself out there you know i'm not afraid to be like hey this is what i do and this is how i am obviously like i dress how i want to dress it's the summertime so i give mm -hmm. it's a little less effort but <laughs> <laughs> you're still you know, cute you know but yeah like i always like make sure i look like a stylist and but not just any old stylist Absolutely. it's like where you get Set that yourself from apart, right like, nobody has that so definitely like putting myself out there not being afraid to make the first move um, that's what i was gonna um, ask apart. you as well just like people wait for the right time to do something. And like, I don't feel like it's gonna ever be a right time because if you don't get started, you don't know what you what you need to work on, like your strengths, your weaknesses. Mm -hmm. If you don't get started, like people would wait and want perfection. And like, I feel like perfection really can paralyze you or- It's a myth, nothing can be perfect. Nothing. Except for like some cake or something. You know what I mean? Even did. I mean, <laughs> like, they, we have some errors, you know, nothing is perfect. So definitely we as people, as Americans, as black people especially, Black women, to, too. Yeah, we got to let go of perfectionism because that is a myth set up to make us feel like we are not good enough. Absolutely. And we are fine. Like, just because you woke up today, like, you're fine. Literally. You know what just I mean? because you're breathing. You're like, I you're feel fine. like we put so much pressure on just living. Like, damn, like, it is a stacker star world out here, but I'm tired. Okay. I'm tired. Like, <laughs> like can, I, can I eat a sandwich, please? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, please. Um, so, yeah, I would say those things. But I got that job. I think, honestly, Nick and Ray probably for me mm -hmm. who are the who are they so nick and ray they are the founders of party noir which okay. is a it started as a party but now it's a community for black and brown lgbtq all the alphabet children um femmes femme identifying women gender non-conforming so it's a space for like black queer femme bodies okay. which is very necessary yeah and very necessary <laughs> and like it's important to make those relationships and connections mm -hmm. too yeah like maintaining those type of connections and i don't believe in burning bridges mm -hmm. i think okay we had a disagreement even like if we're working in the industry together or whatever we had a disagreement that's what it was everything should remain professional and nothing personal when you're working we should not <laughs> burn bridges because we you don't know who you'll need exactly Exactly. Yes, yeah, I used to be busting it down at um, Party Noir. Busting it down like what? <laughs> all on the floor. 
All on the floor. All on the and floor. so that's how they met you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we, I mean, hey, we became tight after that. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Do you feel like, um, I don't know, maybe it's just me who's ha- had this issue, but like, maybe because I'm so outspoken, like my brand, my product is, it's myself, it's essentially me. And people take that very personally when I talk about the things that I talk about. So uh, I follow you, you on Twitter. Yes. <laughs> I've calmed down a lot, but as I'm getting, I'm touching 30, child. But I'm still going to say what the fuck I got to say, right? Do you feel like once you're hitting different levels or different statuses that people kind of look at you differently or new levels, new devils, or they want something from you? Hmm. Uh-oh. I'm scared. <laughs> All right. I will definitely say in general in the workplace as a black woman, I always feel like I have to say stuff a certain way. Mm-hmm. I'll put it like okay. that. And I will say. What do you mean? Like you have to be nice in your delivery. Yeah. you. I'm not going to say nice. I'm going to say tactful. Okay. You just want to be very tactful because people will love to misunderstand people. It's like very popular yes. these days. Yeah. Okay. Especially black women. You know, they yes. love to make us seem like we're asking for something that's not really uh, possible when mm-hmm. it very much is. Yes. So definitely being tactful, being persistent, being direct. And then as far as like, I guess on the personal side, absolutely. But hmm. circling it back to the genuine friendship. And also like knowing who you are or having like a better sense of who you are. Um. How, and like how do we have accept. that sense of who we are? Yes, and what we'll accept. It's like trusting yourself first. Right. So for me, how I know who I am better is like I believe in God, right? Everybody doesn't have that anchor in their life. So it's like whatever anchors you mm-hmm. to f- your foundation yeah. is like, okay, I know who I am. Like I'm, well, I'm Sal, you know, and I know this about me. And, you know, people can assume what they they know but until they cross that door and decide to get to know me mm-hmm. they can't you know what I mean so it's like even if you want something from me or you're hating on me or whatever you can't even get that close close to me I like you that. can't even get that close to like even get what you want without mm. being genuine about mm. it because you you're know? weeding them out yeah mm. and it's like I have a good sense of discernment like a discernment mm-hmm. actually so and char- judging people's character yeah. that's a hard lesson I, I have you. to learn like I'm watching I'm right. watching you and I'm peeping reading you. between the lines all type mm-hmm. of shit because you do have to protect yourself once you're in a space where people can want something from you mm-hmm. if that makes sense like you yeah. do have to protect your everything around you because yeah. people will try to use you and abuse you. Yeah. And then also, like, don't be so easily flattered, I think. Im- or impressed. You, yeah. Like, Stop being so to, impressed. Yeah, when you get to a certain place, like, so many people are going to want to help you. You need to vet them people. Because yeah. they will waste your time. Yeah. <laughs> the silence. <laughs> they will waste People it. will waste your motherfucking time. Like, what do you want from me? Because, okay, like, in the beginning, yes, I'm doing these things for exposure. I want to get my name out there. I want to do this and this. But it's like, at a certain point where you've already made laid that foundation, I'm, I don't need anything from anybody. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, I need my people, of course, but I don't jump at every opportunity because you're not supposed to do that. Exactly. And then I think for a person like you, like, you see your return. So it's like, why would you even involve yourself exactly. in that? Like, when you actually see the results of the work that you put in yourself. Mm, that's a word right there. Y'all know I'm a pastor. <laughs> Next question. Next question. <laughs> I want to talk about instant gratification versus delayed gratification. Because, baby, me, 
I don't know. Like, I feel like I'm so like this, especially like being a fire sign. I want to see like instant results. I want to see instant money. I want to see instant everything. And it's just like, how can we get to that space where it's like, okay, I'll just wait. I'll let things come to me. Am I chasing this or is it just naturally happening for me? Mm -hmm. And having that delayed gratification. So like, how do you feel like people should wait and trust the process? Like, what are those, what, what can we do to see through? Um, I just figured that out three days ago, um, but definitely make a plan. I think if you're going to do anything creative or if you're going to go on any risky endeavor, you should have a plan. And I think if you stick to the plan that gives you the, um, encouragement and inspiration to follow through Mm -hmm. because you see it there on paper or in Google drive or whatever you have. And it's something about the satisfaction of checking it off, checking stuff off and scratching stuff off your list. Discipline is not easy, though. It is not. It is not. But it will be there no when no, the motivation is gone. Yeah, like, I have no way to tell people how to build motivation. I mean, or discipline. Mm-hmm. I really don't. But I say, I go to therapy, and my therapist really helps me with little tasks. And then um, giving myself a hobby. Mm-hmm. Giving myself something outside of work to be focused on. What's your hobby? I'm, I do pole dancing. Where? I go to the gym. Hold on. <laughs> I was not ready for the pole dancing uh, comment. I tried, uh, what's that shit? I tried Flirty Girl Fitness one year. Mm-hmm. When I tell you, I'm like, how do these bitches do this? Yeah. It takes a lot of strength. Yeah, I really admire strippers. Yes. I, I really do. That shit ain't no joke. I admired them before I started. No, I, um. yes. <laughs> well, I love to see that. But yeah, so I would say like, Try building discipline outside of work with a new task, and then maybe that'll carry over in your work yeah, life. Yeah, I, I read something. It's like if you don't have discipline in one area or commitment in one area of your life, it's really hard to transfer that over to other areas of your life. So if you can't even wake up or into your skincare regimen regimen every single day, like this, the little like our it's the little thing, our successes and our little habits, our habits, our daily habits, and I'm learning that about myself too because child, it's really hard for me to stay disciplined, but. Once I work off my passion, and that's not always a good idea because my passion comes and goes, but when my passion is there, I just try to feel it as much as possible. So, yeah. yes, ma'am. How has dating influenced your um, business, mm. your entrepreneurship journey? I mean, how has <laughs> it? Um, I've only been in one serious committed relationship and I will say I learned just a lot of new words in that relationship a lot of new words (laughs) a lot of new words what type of words yeah she's very smart okay um um I think the my favorite one was in proxy which that's a small what the hell does that mean it's like in lieu of okay like so you have french toast and it's like you're having eggs but in proxy it's not really egg but you're making it with eggs so it I know. Oh. That's how I was sitting I'm, I'm, at brunch. I'm thinking you have a French toast and eggs, but the eggs are already within the French toast. Yeah, so it's like you have eggs in proxy. Okay. But it's not really. Anyway, <laughs> any, I'm not going to keep going down there. So but I learned smart. a lot of words. And I will say, I actually think it taught me, a, I got an enabling kind of mind out of it. Really? I, I think I Who was tra- enabling who? I think I was enabling myself to not trust myself. I think because I gave I gave too much um, 
or I've wanted too much from them. Like I would ask too much or be like, what do you think of this? Oh. Or how do you think about this? As far as like when it came to your career and your yeah, style, you would ask work. for so you would ask for advice like in your relationship. What's the word validation? Ah, oh, yeah. I was like seeking so much validation from them that I think I started to lose like my own creative voice in the process. That's interesting. Um, and I think like now I'm actually getting out of that, like feeling more confident. Not it was giving Kim, uh, I mean, Kanye dressing Kim. Uh, okay, but I'm never giving Mark. Like, oh my God. <laughs> he said she was giving Mark Simpson. That was funny. He Kanye. ate that. Yeah, he Kanye. Ate that. that was a stunty cunty, Kanye. That was a stunty cunty. But <laughs> <laughs> I think dating can definitely influence, especially me, because like I said earlier, like things that I take things that I say are taken so personally by mm. sometimes by the men that I'm dating. Oh, yeah. And it's just like... You be coming for them. It's funny. They I, laugh. Like, laugh at it. I feel like I say a lot of things in satire anyway. Like, mm. like don't take it so serious, especially, like, if you're a confident man, if you're a secure man. Like, I'm not talking about you. But mm. if you're the latter, then obviously I'm talking about you. So it's just like... Do you ever have anybody who... Come on, Men who are, like, laughing... Yes. Okay. Because yes. I only see I only see the men who don't got a mattress bed and yes. on the floor and ashy ankle dudes. You, you know, know what? And then be the ones that sleep yeah. on the floor. But I think it's to me. I've learned a lot about um, myself while dating, while also uh, having a brand. And it's just it made me just want to be my authentic self. Period. Mm, because right? like, look, you already see me. This is what it is. Yes, I have another side that it is a little softer, but. I feel like it takes somebody to bring that out of me, just security, security wise. But it it did help me just present myself authentically. Yeah. Um, now, but I did struggle like with duality in the beginning of it, just yeah. kind of like balancing those two. Yeah. Okay. Come on out. Yeah. Come on out. <laughs> Do you have um, any advice for people that want to grow a business? Well, yeah. Number one, make a plan. Everybody, get the pen and paper. If typing gives you anxiety. Make a plan. Um, and depending on the type of business, identify a need right. in the market. And the like, and, well, how important is the, the end result though? Like, do we have to see an end result? Like as far as like, okay, maybe I for you, for your business, maybe okay, I love styling, I love having my own brand. What what are the other things that you want to do outside of that to further it? Or is this like oh, are you I, okay? I see with what this? you mean. Yeah. I see what you mean. Um I'm, I'm going to say I don't have a middle, okay, but I do have an end result. Though. Okay. There is something that I am focused on and I want to get to, but how I get there, I'm very flexible and I'm um, very open. And so I think that allows a lot of cool opportunities to come to are me. Are you okay with trying new things? I, are you, okay. I'm not too excited about new stuff. I mean, <laughs> You're an earth sign too, you by the way. I mean? It's like I need, I got to read the review a little you gotta bit. You got to see some type of results coming from it. Like, yeah. With me, I'm not gonna wake up and like start doing lashes tomorrow, and right. y'all come wash them, blow dry. I'm not gonna start doing hair because I feel like we need uh-huh. to be a master at something that we do. Like, there's nothing wrong with trying new things, and like if you're good at those new things, that's fine. But I'm just like so adamant about sticking with what you're good at, and I think mm-hmm. that's what most people should do. Like, yeah, sticking what you're good at and seeing it through and executing the things that you're good at. Yeah. I will say, like, around my fifth year or four, it's, I keep saying fifth year, but I'm sure it was year four or something. Because I started styling into, I say officially in 2016, because that's when I started to make a little money. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will say around 2019, 
is when I started to be like, okay, how can I expand from this? Which is like, okay, I've always considered myself an artist. Like the work I do for that pays my rent is like me being a very technical person. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you mean by much, that? It's much less creative. Like it's much less me like having this fabulous like fitting with people. You know, it's like I'm working with a client and I'm working with this agency. Okay, and I have the this is my job. And yeah, and I'm treating it like a very much job. Um, and on the other half of that, it's like okay, my artistry. How do I want that to expand? So that's how I'm starting to do, oh, I'm producing these 20-minute fashion shows that's now turning into an event that I just did with Nicole Humphrey of Not Create, you know, that turned into Beyond the Bias, which is this video project that I produced myself. And it's all from the same, like, world of of making visual um, projects. Um, But... It was just like this slow expansion. And I think even when I first started, I had the dream of wanting to do those things. But I kind of did, like you say, had to shut them out and be like, okay, no, I need to get good at styling first. Right. Like, I need they to get naturally good at communi- happen for you. Yeah, like I need to get good at communicating through clothes first. And now I can communicate through these other mediums, which is what I'm starting to explore. So I think that's very solid advice mm-hmm. is sticking with, you, sticking with what you love and like the things will naturally flow and come. Like I feel, really feel like I'm a witness of that. Just mm-hmm. do what you love and get started on it because yeah. you're going to be waiting forever mm-hmm. and don't be waiting on nobody else either because baby, you're going to be waiting forever. Like mm-hmm. do your shit and, and do stay it consistent. Now. Like yes. you were consistent even in 2020, you know, there's someone else I love Takara. Um, She's a sneaker. Yes. You know, yes, she's we consist- follow each other on Instagram. That's what I'm saying. Like, she's consistent, and she's, like, doing her thing, and she just got rolled up in essence. Wow. You know what I mean? That's, I love to see shit like that. That's what I'm saying. And I don't know her personally, but, you know, Dez, mm-hmm. Joe, they just mm-hmm. keep doing it, and mm-hmm. it's going to give you a return. It's not going to happen overnight. It actually takes 10,000 hours to perfect your craft. So wow. if you count, I'm on 7,000. So if you count it that way. I need to count my hours. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm a little behind on counting, but yeah, yeah. So yeah, just the consistency. It's consistency. That's that's it. Yes, too. I I really want that word to be taken from this podcast. The consistency. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna wrap this little thing up, but I have I do have one last question for you. Have you ever faced burnout or just burnout trying to make ends meet, or burnout when you're like you have an overload of things to do? Oh, definitely. I think honestly, the pandemic saved me from burnout because I was probably hitting for it right before the pandemic i would was working at a copywriter at akira so mm-hmm. in their main office and i would sometimes go to work seven to three and then if i had a photo shoot i would just go straight to the shoot for that day um luckily they did let me take off work but basically i was balancing like this nine to five job with being a stylist and also like doing all these other things um no, keeping just balancing yourself just ba- prioritizing yeah, balancing yourself. my life and then yeah so i think the pandemic definitely saved me from that. Um, and maybe I had a moment like that, like maybe at the end of last year. But I also think that just came from just 2021 was kind of thirsty. You know what I thirsty mean? Like it, was just, it was just I'm a lot going on. It was just like post-pandemic. Everybody wanted to make all this stuff. It was just a lot going on for me just mm-hmm. mentally. I had like just broken up with someone. Mm-hmm. It was just a lot going on. Um so I would say maybe those two th- times, but definitely how I got out of it was being okay with resting um, and accepting that. I'm, That's so important. Yeah, and accepting that, like, I'm at the part of my life where, okay, I've caught my dream. It's in my hand, right? I don't need to, like, 
always running. be doing this. Yeah. I don't, keep, I don't need to keep running with my dream. I have it. It's right here. We're walking together. It's yours. You know what so I'm like, mean? you created that. So it's yeah. like, whenever you want to expand on that or take a break, you can do that. Exactly. You can do that. And like Solange, she had waited eight hours, I mean, eight hours, eight years to mm -hmm. release um, her first, what was that? Not her first album, A Seat at the Table. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, that just shows you how important uh, longevity is and just stamping yourself and it's okay to take a break because you can always get back to what you love exactly. so that's very solid advice thank you so much sal for coming on to thank the podcast so where can my audience and my guests find you um so you can find me singing in my car on instagram <laughs> uh i'm sal so groovy and that's sal like pal and then um you can also find like more of my business side on the look authority um yeah and i'll have stuff coming soon like more towards the end of the year more in-person events where we can have a good time and look good together so yes thank you thank you so much for the solid advice i've actually learned so much from you today dedication yeah. and consistency so thank you guys so much for tuning into the diamond Socials podcast and i'll see you guys next time